a super exciting announcement. I will be hosting a webinar in August. The topic is going to be intro to aspects and you can get all the details about it on my website, moonmattersastrology.com. It's open enrollment so you can get tickets for the lecture up until pretty much the day of the event if there's still spots open. If you can't make it to this lecture, don't worry. I'll be holding it again. I'll be hosting other lectures as well. Some of the topics I have lined up are the lunar nodes, lectures on stoicism, synastry courses, and honestly, whatever else pops into my head that I think is going to be beneficial to lecture on. My patrons give me a lot of inspiration when we're chatting in the Discord, so I'm sure ideas are going to come from there as well. I'm super excited to kick off these lectures. It's something that I've wanted to do for a while now, and I think I'm finally in a space and a time, time space portal (laughs) where I can offer these in a really awesome way. So I'm excited to connect with all of you in new ways. Head on over to my website, check out what I've got going on, and I hope to see you in class. We're on to the second group of elements for Juno. And if you're new here and you're like, what's a Juno? I suggest you go back and listen to the standalone Juno episode. I talk about the mythology of Juno and the origins of the significations for this asteroid. Mythology is such a good foundation to help us understand these placements. So I really recommend having listened to that episode. But if you're like, whatever, Delena, I don't want to listen to that episode. I'll be doing a small recap right here, right now. In general, Juno is considered to be the marriage asteroid, which means it has a lot to do with relationships and commitment. It can tell us what we need at basically like a bare minimum to stay in a relationship, our commitment style, and also the darker side of ourselves when We aren't feeling like a partner is living up to their end of the relationship bargain. I said in the initial Juno episode that the shadow side of Juno is a sister to Lilith, and I am 100% sticking to that. Our Juno contains rage and jealousy. When we're scorned by the flames of love, that's when we see this other vengeful side of Juno emerge. When she's receiving what she needs, though, we see a steadfast nature that can bear through the trials and tribulations of relationships with grace and dignity. Because no matter how good, no matter how solid the sinistry between two people, or even more, I'm not, I don't know your relationship dynamic, but the sinistry between people, no matter how good it is, there's always going to be trials and tribulations. That's what human that's what humans do. We go through trials, we go through tests, we go on hero's journeys constantly, and sometimes our partners are part of that. So at her best, Juno is a sovereign benevolent queen that allows us to gracefully traverse those things. She shows us the power dynamics within our relationships and what psychic energy she needs to be fed in order to be held and seen and be at her healthiest. It should be no surprise that Juno is an awesome sinistry placement. It can easily tell us what we need in order to feel seen and express fully in a union with someone. But it can also tell us what our partner needs so we can help them feel seen and held. When we overlay two charts and look at the sinistry, the houses that Juno falls into is going to tell us a lot. It's going to tell us a lot of great info on how our partners will experience our love and commitment, but also our scorn and our jealousy if they betray us. And I'll be making a companion blog post for Juno through the houses for my patrons, just like I did for Eris and Psyche, and that'll be released at the end of the Juno series. 
So if you're interested in that, consider signing up to become a patron. The symbols of Juno are the peacock and the cuckoo bird, which if you listen to the myth of Juno, then you'll know why that is. Veils and scepters also signify Juno. Veils because they are traditionally used in marriage. And I want to say also veils in the sense that, you know, smoke and mirrors, veils, that something has to be pulled back in order to reveal something else. We can discover ourselves through relationships, which that's something we're going to talk about with one of these Junos today in particular, but also scepters. Scepters because she is a queen of all the gods and she rules alongside Jupiter. If fire Junos have big queen of wands energy, then water Junos embody the queen of cups. These Junos are extremely intuitive and they crave deep connections with their partners. They're similar to fire Junos in that they're extremely passionate, but they differ by how they express their passion. They indulge in all the watery parts of a relationship and commitment, and they want an almost psychic connection. And they're going to remain extremely loyal as long as their emotional needs are being taken care of. And when I say psychic connection, I really mean that that intuitive where you just get each other. Water really wants that. Water wants to be understood. So I think that's something that's a really big key word for water Junos is someone who strives to understand them. Even if they don't immediately understand the water Juno person, someone who at least shows effort in trying to get to know them and understand them intuitively, that's going to be really important. In general, a water Juno is someone who is built for long-lasting connections and won't shy away from commitment. Despite what else someone has going on in their chart, if they have a water Juno, they're going to be most fulfilled when they're in a fully committed relationship. And this isn't to say that they can't explore other relationship dynamics or go through a hoe phase, because they absolutely can. But I think that these people find comfort and even divinity in monogamy. They want a partner that they can reach true spiritual depths with. And again, that's going to have to contend with the other placements in the chart. So it might take a while to get there if the person ever gets there. So just keep that in mind when you're listening to this. If you have a water Juno and you're like, well, I'm a hoe. Uh, Monogamy is not for me. I'm a hoe. And it's like, that's okay. But you might find that there's certain parts of you that become more fulfilled or unlocked when you can be in a relationship where you feel seen and held. These Junos, again, need to feel held. This is the element of water. Water has no form. It has no shape. Water takes on the shape or form of what container it's in. And for Juno, this means that the relationship acts as the container. They can only be as happy and as healthy as their relationship container allows. Water signs and water placements in general get a really bad rap for being too caught up in emotion or being clingy or overly dependent. But what people don't realize is that water signs need to be held. They literally need it. If you don't have something to hold water in, it just splashes all over the floor. So the water Junos need a safe and stable environment for their relationship to flourish. And if they don't have that, that's when we see the shadow side of Juno emerge. A water Juno that has been betrayed or felt abandoned will absolutely resort to emotional manipulation to get what they want, need, or feel is owed to them. 
All the good qualities that come from a water Juno are immediately flipped and used as a weapon for manipulation. Their empathy and deep connections are used to twist the knife of emotional manipulation. They become riddled with jealousy, territorial, and overly dependent and fearful when not in a fulfilling relationship. They won't outright hurt their partner, but they may turn to escapism in other forms to quell their unmet desires while still keeping the relationship intact. People with water Junos are extremely sweet, giving, and devoted to their relationships. Where fire Junos need excitement, water Junos need intimacy. They want to know their partner on the deepest level possible. For them, it's about sharing dreams, building a nest, and seeing those dreams become a reality. Water Junos truly become their best selves when they can find a partner to sink their love into. They need someone that they can set sail with, but someone who can also be their beacon of light along the shore and a safe place to call home. Let's break down the water Junos a little further and go through each sign, because while each of them runs on emotion and is fueled by their partner's devotion, they also have different modalities and rulers to contend with. Cardinal water, the moon, the chariot, this is the energy of a Cancer Juno. It should be no surprise that a Cancer Juno loves being in a committed relationship. Again, there may be a lot of factors in the chart influencing what types of relationship this person gets into, but in general, this Juno is going to thrive when there is some sort of stable commitment involved. This Juno loves emotional closeness and wants to make a home with their partner. And sometimes they make a home out of their partner. You know, when they say, you know, home is where the heart is or, you know, you are my home. Those I'm really struggling with these phrases because I'm a fire Juno. (laughs) But you know what I'm getting at when someone's like, you know, where you are is where my home is kind of thing. That is 100% a Juno in Cancer. Being that this Juno is ruled by the moon, we're going to see big time nurturing energy as well as deep emotional connections. They might be the mothering force in the relationship or they might want to be mothered. It'll honestly probably go back and forth between each partner being the caretaker. A healthy dynamic for a Cancer Juno would be each person having their portion of the relationship that they take care of. If someone is a really good cook, then they'll lend those skills. If someone is great at budgeting or making phone calls, then that person takes on that burden. And even distribution of nurturing energy would be ideal for a Cancer Juno. This Juno also wants someone they can make a home with. Emotional security and having a nest to come back to and be together is so important for a Cancer Juno. Good food and a beautiful home life built on the foundations of emotional intimacy will have these people feeling all the goodness of domestic bliss. But when they don't have stable emotional foundations or they don't have someone who is willing to build their portion of the nest, that's when the shadow comes out. The shadow side of this Juno comes in the form of passive aggressiveness and emotional manipulation. They'll tap into their sensitive lunar nature and use emotions as weapons. This Juno is also prone to playing the victim as a means to get sympathy and gain control over partners. They can also become very moody and withdrawn when their relationship is not feeding Juno properly. 
They'll waffle between being overly dependent as a means to keep tabs on the partner and then withdrawing as a means to continue the cycle of victimhood. So it's kind of like the bait and switch. It's, you know, I'm going to be up your ass and overly loving and all over you. And then 30 minutes later, I'm going to be in my room being moody and waiting for you to come upstairs and find me so we can, you know, so you can follow me around and dote on me and talk to me and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Water mind games. That's what it is. It's the water manipulative mind games. Juno and Cancer can become attracted to nurturing types or people who have stable emotions. They want someone to build a nest with. That is Juno's main objective when in Cancer finding someone they feel safe with and gives that gives them power. Safety is power for these people. Having someone who is as reliable as the phases of the moon, that is going to set a Cancer Juno's heart on fire. Knowing that their partner supports them and nurtures their emotions is a very powerful thing for these people. Commitment is extremely easy when they find the person the right person to make a nest with. And family is even big for this Juno. Even if the person doesn't want children, they identify heavily with the concept of family, home life, emotional security, and deep intimacy. Fixed water, Mars, death. This is the energy of a Scorpio Juno. While Cancer Juno is for sure outright clingy, I think a Scorpio Juno is just as clingy but they do a better job at hiding it. Cancer Juno is shameless about their desire for emotional intimacy and being around their partner. And a Scorpio Juno is sort of begrudgingly clingy. They don't want to be seen as dependent. They want to be seen as strong and independent because they have Mars as their ruler. But it's nocturnal, watery Mars. And remember what I said about the element of water. It needs a container to be held in so that it can have shape and form. So whether this Juno likes it or not, they want and need a partnership that has emotional intimacy. And the only reason they're bothered by their desire for this deep intimacy and relying on other people is because they have a very, very deep-seated fear of being hurt or betrayed. Because that's Mars, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but Mars, just like Aries, doesn't want to be betrayed. It wants loyalty. These people find power through coupled exploration of the heart and the loins. All of the water Junos love getting intimate. I don't think we should sleep on the fact that water placements in general love sex. They love to have sex, and it's because it's one of the most intimate things that we as humans can do together. So water signs of all kinds love sex. But Scorpio Junos view sex as a deeply sacred and intimate act. Sex with a committed partner allows them to explore deep parts of themselves. It can feel transformative and they can gain vigor or vitality from the experience. This Juno is not afraid of taboo sexual experiences with their partner. They want to explore everything and anything as long as they know they're held safely in the bounds of the relationship and that their relationship contract is not being violated, then sex is a form of bonding for these people. So it should not be taken lightly. These are the people that, yes, they could be in a very monogamous and committed relationship, but I could also see them being the type that they explore things together. They do taboo sexual things together. Again, as long as they are with the partner, then the relationship contract is not being broken and they can do, they can really 
get into the the deep stuff, the more taboo things, which Scorpio is really going to like. A Scorpio Juno is probably the most protective out of all the water Junos. Since it's ruled by Mars, it takes the ideals of honor, protection, and defending their love seriously. Unlike diurnal Mars, which is Aries, this Juno will be more covert in its attempts to protect its fortress. Think of Aries Juno as outright aggression and, you know, running out to storm the enemy if their home life or their love is threatened. And think more like a moat full of crocodiles and booby traps for a Scorpio Juno. You know, they might even invite the threat in and then poison them. That's honestly what I could see a Scorpio Juno doing if they knew someone was trying to move in on their territory or steal their partner away. They might befriend that person and then, you know, get all their dirty laundry and then air it. Again, water mind games. That's what's going on here. Water sign mind games. When a Scorpio Juno has what they need to feel seen and held, they're loving, loyal, and a wellspring of passion. When they feel lacking or taken advantage of, though, they turn to their shadow side rather quickly. They will have no problems becoming overly possessive or jealous. These are the people that will stalk their object of affection even long after the relationship has ended. I assume Joel Goldberg a Scorpio Juno. I know everyone says he's a Scorpio in general, but I also assume Juno and Scorpio as well. So yes, these are the people that are going to stalk the object of their affection. And we can also see controlling behavior or using sex as a means of power and manipulation. The shadow side of Juno might withhold sex because when Juno is healthy and thriving, it's, hey, let's Let's do these crazy fun things together and let's get deep and intimate and let's get transformative in our love. And when it's the shadow side of Juno, then sex might be used as a a power tool or a power play and it's I'm going to withhold sex from you now. Bottom line, do not enter a union with the Scorpio Juno if you're someone who likes privacy or has shady tendencies, or just doesn't want to be committed. A Scorpio Juno wants all of your secrets, the good and the bad. They want to merge souls with you and explore the depths of sexual ecstasy. They will stand by your side if you show them loyalty, and they will drown you in their transformative darkness should you break their trust. Mutable water, Jupiter, the moon, this is the energy of a Pisces Juno. The one word that comes to mind when I think of Juno and Pisces is faith. Being that this is a Jupiter-ruled placement, we're going to see an emphasis on a spiritual connection. These people, without a doubt, want to find their soulmate. And as much as it pains me to even say this, they probably fall into the whole uh, twin flame debacle as well, which if you've been listening, listening to me long enough, you'll know how I feel about the concept of twin flames and how it perpetuates and excuses unhealthy cyclical behavior in relationships. But that's something that this Juno definitely deals with. They can get themselves into situations and relationships that don't suit them because they tend to romanticize people, which, surprise, a Pisces placement romanticizes and sees only the best in people, even if they made those parts of the person up in their own head. What a surprise. This Juno is prone to seeing the potential in people, which I love that. I live for the positive forward thinking energy of Pisces, but they also have a tendency to sometimes see something that isn't there and more like something they wish was there. 
Because Jupiter is also the ruler of hopes and wishes and aspirations and dreams because that's all expansion. So Jupiter can give them these rose-tinted glasses and they get rose-tinted glasses syndrome when it comes to their relationships. I said the word faith comes to mind for a Juno and Pisces, and that's faith in the partnership, faith in the other person, being completely faithful, and faith in believing that the relationship is divine in some sort of way. A Juno Pisces craves a spiritual connection that feels otherworldly. They aspire to be their best selves through the union and for the union. The relationship is their drive. Their partner is their motivation. A healthy and balanced relationship for a Pisces Juno can help them achieve self-actualization and give meaning to their life. But what happens when it's not healthy? And what happens when it's not balanced? Out of all the water Junos, Pisces will be the first to reach for escapism. This could be through drugs and alcohol, but also through anything that captures their attention and distorts time. They're looking for an escape from their current situation because it isn't making them happy, but they also don't want to give up and leave because faith. Sometimes this Juno can have too high of expectations for their partners. They live in a fantasy world that a real human being could never live up to. They can put people on pedestals, and then when the person acts contrary to the vision in their head, the partner comes crashing down off the pedestal, and the Pisces Juno is left in disbelief, utter disbelief. Every time, this is something that I find endearing, but also like, come on guys, about Pisces, is that They put people on these pedestals and they love them so fiercely and they just ignore all the red flags somehow. And then when they fall, when the person falls off the pedestal and disappoints them, they are a hundred percent shooketh. They shock and awe just overcomes them every time. And everyone else in the room is like, Pisces, we have seen this since day one. But the Juno Pisces will be like, I was blindsided. I didn't even know. And then they truly feel this sense of betrayal because in their fantasy world you actually did betray them in their fantasy world you didn't live up to your end of the bargain so this is where they can end up kind of playing the victim because they actually do feel victimized by their partner not living up to those expectations a pisces would do well to find a person who is able to ground them while still letting them keep their imaginative passion for romance a partner who can strike the balance between the real world and the piscean fantasy will be able to keep these people happy for a very long time because when it comes to love and commitment they have no issue with it this juno wants to be committed and explore and expand through a deep love They just sometimes love their partners too much and they see things that might not really be there, which then they end up hurting their own feelings. A stable, grounded partner that still allows for fun, adventure, and sensual play is exactly the psychic energy that this Juno needs. Because Juno in Pisces is so childlike and beautiful. These are the people that can be 80 years old and they're still playing together. They're still holding hands. They're still loving. They're still exploring their devotion to each other, which I find, again, very beautiful. I'm not getting down on Pisces at all. I feel like I want to protect all the Pisces placements. I want to take them and be like, listen, listen to me. Like, I need to help you. But you can't do that. You have to let them live in their fantasy. You have to let that, you have to let the veil, again, this is what I talked about veils. You have to let the veil be ripped off in its own time 
for a Juno in Pisces. That's the only way that they're really going to see things for what they are. So again, finding a grounded and stable partner can kind of help prevent that situation from happening. The Queen of Cups is a compassionate, intuitive queen that knows the strength of well-balanced emotions. She makes informed decisions with her emotions, but never lets them get the best of her. The water Junos know that divine commitment comes from a place of care and compassion, a place deep within the heart and hidden behind the soul. That's where the wellspring of love lies for the water Junos. To love a water Juno is to willingly let yourself drown in the oceanic depths of love. It's allowing yourself to be transformed by undying devotion. My partner has a Cancer Juno, and I can say that it's the most intense and beautiful thing in the world. We've created a home that acts as our safe space. It's the shell that we retreat to and the place we go to love each other fiercely. If your partner is a water Juno, what kind of container do you create for them? How do you show your devotion to them? What about your relationship quells their cautious heart? And what about your relationship has the potential to bring about choppy waters? Deepen your connection to your water Juno person by asking them what aspect of your partnership makes them feel most cared for. What is it about your union that allows their cup to run over? And what is it that brings about feelings of anxiety or instability? And if you're the water Juno, try to identify what makes your shadow come out in relationships. Talk to your partners and explore this placement with them. If nothing else, it'll be an exercise in using astrological placements to deepen your connection. And just to prove that I don't tell you guys to do anything that I myself don't do, I asked my partner these questions and here are the answers. I asked him, what makes him feel most cared for in our relationship? And remember, he is a Juno in Cancer. So he said loyalty and the fact that I've proven time and time again that I will always be there. Then I said, okay, how do I show devotion in our relationship? What is it that makes you feel like I am devoted to you? And he said, showing up for the big stuff, but also leaving love notes and packing his lunch every morning because I do that. I do pack his lunch every morning. I asked him what makes his shadow come out in relationships. And he said, avoiding conflict and jealousy and that jealousy comes from not feeling good enough. And the avoiding conflict part makes a lot of sense to me because he also has a Cancer Mars. So there's that Cancer energy both in Mars and Juno. So conflict can be really hard for him. And I would also say what makes him feel feelings of anxiety in our relationship is probably my, I I temper my uh, temper. I temper my temper quite a bit and I always try to be very calm, but I feel like when he can tell I'm agitated and not even at him, but when I am just agitated in general or my, uh, my fire is starting to flare pretty big, I think that makes him feel a little anxious just in general, not even because something is wrong with us, but just the feeling of having such intensity around makes that Cancer Mars, makes that Cancer Juno feel a little anxious. And then I asked, when does your cup run over in our relationship? And he said, blissful moments where he's lost in the moment and completely just sharing sharing the moment together, being lost in experience is very big for him. And that's when he can tell his cup is running over. Talk to your partners. It's not hard. Go through your Junos together. Explore it. Again, it can just be a fun exercise to get to know each other better and showcase how these astrological placements can be very practical in helping open up dialogue between you and your partner. 
If you want more astrological content before the next episode, consider signing up to become a patron of my work. I have exclusive blog content, monthly horoscopes, retrograde guides, and a Discord waiting for you to join. You could also leave a super kick-ass review on Spotify or iTunes, which I would be eternally grateful for. Head on over to my website, check it all out, and thank you in advance for supporting me. I'll see all you babes later. Later.